O Lord, may our mere human words be faithful to your written word and always point to the living word, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, as ever, Gruten at Grün, greetings from Kroningen, had to translate. Um, wonderful to be here among you, especially in this time of year when we celebrate that the Lord is in heaven for us. Now, I admit it's not always an easy thing to take in and understand. It wasn't easy when it happened for the disciples. And it reminded me of an ancient song um, composed way back in the 1960s um, by a, uh, a band with a, an appropriate name, The Fifth Dimension, um, Up, Up, and Away. And then it goes into a bit about a beautiful balloon, but that's not what this is about. But I think that was perhaps the experience people thought at the time when Jesus left, up, up, and away. He's gone. He's gone. What can we do now? But I do think even though up, up, and away doesn't exactly accurately capture what's going on, it is a useful way perhaps to get into thinking about what happened because it was an extraordinary moment to experience, no doubt. But it wasn't just the final or first up either, because in a sense you could say that the first up is the Lord being raised from the tomb by his loving Father in the Spirit and witnessing to us about the new life in him that he has always welcomed us into. So thank goodness for that first up, which we celebrate constantly, I hope. But the second one was that mystery that occurred that we call the ascension. And it means that Christ, who came down to be among us and died for us, has rightly returned to where Christ belongs. Now, down through the centuries, and perhaps we can come to the next picture, um, down through the centuries, artists have depicted this moment in various ways. And it's always fascinating. And one of the famous prints by Albrecht Dürer um, shows the disciples experiencing this moment. One more, thank you. Um, and they're all just looking up, mystified. And you see the feet of Jesus ascending into heaven. It's, it's almost like it was arranged by Elon Musk or NASA. Um, but you also see, interestingly enough, a little detail in this is that you still see Jesus' footprints there on the mount. And I think one, for me anyway, I realize with art, it's up to everyone to interpret it their own way, but I think it suggests that the Lord made a huge impact on earth while he was here. 
that is still with us. And he's left his footprint forever, thank God. And that continues to inspire us. But then you see that they're kind of staring up in awe. And we heard in the reading from Acts that they were struggling with this. And some visitors from heaven had to come along and say, why are you staring up now? <laughs> Continue, as the Lord said. So it must have been a moment of bereavement for them, for Jesus to go away from them physically a second time. And it was hard for them to understand, and it remains difficult. Why did the Lord have to leave us but I think one of the great minds I'm a big fan of, William Temple, pointed out years ago that even if the ascension means that Jesus isn't physically with us, it also means that he's no longer confined to the body of a single human as he was in the first century. As Temple writes, in his earthly ministry, Jesus could only be in one place at a time. But now that he is united with God, he is present wherever God is present, by the Spirit. And that is everywhere." End quote. So, up, up, but not away. Definitely not away, and of course, he promises to the disciples that soon will come the gift of the Spirit that will be poured out on them and all creation. Blessing his followers forever. Ascension confirms, I think, that the Lord is the head of the church but Pentecost, which we'll celebrate next week, confirms to us that we're all part of his body through the Spirit that continues to inspire and enliven us. It's all big stuff, I'll admit, but in a way, this is moment when it's the end of the beginning. It's a new age. For all of us, when Jesus ascends into heaven, it's the new age of the Spirit that he's inviting us into. And so, like the angels had to tell those first observers, folks, don't just sit there staring up. <laughs> Go back and await the gift that has been promised to you. Jesus is not away because his spirit is coming and is with us. He says you will receive the power when the spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth including Eindhoven and Groningen. This is our calling to be witnesses to the beauty and love of Christ. And so 
I love that letter that Paul wrote that's often read this time of year too to the Ephesians where he says, look, I pray for you in Ephesus through our Lord Jesus Christ that the Father of glory may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. The gospel reading and in the other resurrection appearances in Luke and also in John, you see that our teacher never stops teaching. Even when he isn't physically here, he continues to teach us. He felt compelled to remind, after he was raised from the dead, remind his friends and followers, this was all promised in Scripture. This is the fulfillment. Don't forget that. Continue to learn. And so, sometimes people experience things like baptism and confirmation as, yeah, a diploma ceremony, and okay, we're done, we're qualified now. But that was never the Lord's intention for us because he invites us to be lifelong disciples, learning his ways and to follow him through the Spirit all our lives so that the world may come to know and love him even better. And this is a glorious gift to be involved in. The age we now live in, as Oliver pointed out, is an age of anticipation, of eager, excited, awaiting for the return of the king. But it's not as though we don't have his gifts with us while we wait because his spirit is with us and guides us. Yes, he's up, but he's not away. He is with us. And so we continually need to look to him, but not stare up all the time. Take the inspiration of that that we experience, particularly in these wonderful moments of worship on Sunday, and then go forward into the world to share the wondrous faith that we've been given. Jesus says, look, the prophets, the law of Moses, all of this is God's promise that has been fulfilled and will be fulfilled. Take that with you. And just to conclude, I think we also should read today and in the weeks ahead the rest of Acts 1. Because, as ever, I guess I should never be surprised at how Scripture is so relevant and speaks to our situations. Because the rest of that chapter, Acts 1, talks about how the first church then has to explore ways in the Spirit to draw in new leaders. And how do they do it? Well, they pray. They reflect on what Jesus taught them about leadership. And they are concluding that they need to find somebody who is inspired, is informed in the Lord's teaching, is involved and is inviting. 
and is a person of integrity chosen by God to join in the team. And so they carefully and prayerfully talk together and they narrow down the nominations to two people. And then they think, okay, well, let's let God decide. And so they cast lots and it falls on Matthias. And he too was a blessing among them and for them, a true servant of the Lord, as we hope all of our leaders will be. Scripture continues to inspire us and does the Lord in his spirit with his wisdom for us. So as we go forward here, may the Lord continue to lead us, help us to look on high and also look ahead for his kingdom. Amen.